up, you guys, and welcome back. In today's episode, this week's guest and I jump right into the topic of the not-so-merry sides of the holiday season. As to just what that might entail, you're going to have to stick around to find out. Fair warning, it's a heavy one, so you might want some tissues near. What is up, you guys? Welcome back. I am here with my very good friend, Sophia Karaj. Hi, guys. Soph and I today are going to be talking about mental health and coping and grieving loved ones during the holiday season and why the holiday season at times really isn't so merry. So, so what is our drink of choice here today? I have a hot chocolate from Dunkin' Donuts. A hot chocolate, and I'm going to be sipping on that as yeah. well while we do this. If we don't down it in three seconds. Right. So, Soph, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Sophia Karaj. I am a psychology major on the pre-med track at James Madison University. Um, I want to be an OB when I graduate. Very and cool. That's kind of it. I'm really excited to be on today's episode. <laughs> so, so why don't you start us off with mental health? Okay, so I wanted to start by saying, first of all, we are actually probably the perfect people to talk about mental health because... I would agree with that because we actually go to the same therapist. <laughs> we do go to the same therapist. <laughs> um, I would like to thank Paula for that. So, yeah. But we... I wanted to bring up the fact that of therapy because I feel like whenever I talk to people about therapy there are so many different um, viewpoints totally. on going to therapy who, what types of people go to therapy why people go to therapy when in reality people can just go to therapy anybody can go to therapy anybody can go to therapy and you're completely normal like you don't have to be an absolute right. psychopath to right. need therapy or you don't have to be depressed out of your mind to need therapy. Some people just need to talk. Some people just need somebody to listen to them and hear them out and rationalize with them. Right. So when did you start therapy? So I actually started therapy. This kind of contradicts what I'm saying, but I started <laughs> therapy in a really bad time in my life. Right. But there was always the option for me to stop after I felt like I got better and mm -hmm. I never did. So I started therapy three years ago. And it was, it was a really hard time in my life. Um, multiple people had passed away in the span of two months. I was not doing well. My mom and I were going through it together. And I decided I needed therapy. And I personally decided that. So that was... When I went to therapy for the first time, my therapist said to me, she was like, you have surpassed the first step of being at therapy, which is wanting to be there. Right. Because you took the initiative to be there yourself. Mm -hmm. So she was proud of me, which also made me confide in her more because she openly stated that she was proud of me. Yeah, She's I like, totally agree with that. I, I remember my first... So our therapist now is Christine. This is a shout out to Christine. And I remember the first time I walked into her office and she was like, well, you want to be here. So she was like, I already don't need to deal with that. Because a lot of times for people who are going to therapy, like Soph said, at a really bad time in their life, they're at times being forced to. And then the therapist is like dragging out of them why they're there, why they need to be there. And that that's hard for not only the therapist, but the, the client itself. Right. So I totally agree with that. I started therapy... It wasn't even, like, a really bad time in my life. I started, like, four months ago, and I just thought, you know what? I need an outside source to talk to other than friends and family, and I love it. Like, I, like you said, you chose not to stop. I, I feel like I'm just going to chit-chat at this point, you know, and there are some things I'll say, and 
like, I think this is any therapist, and they'll be like, wait, why did you just say that? I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be segregated this, here. <laughs> I didn't know this was my psyche eval, but, so, I think it's just a good outlet for people. Mm-hmm. So, do you think it's helped you? I 100% think it's helped me. I have learned, so I had to stop going to therapy for a few months because my therapist went on maternity leave. Okay. And when I stopped, and then now I got a new therapist, which is Christine. Um, when I stopped, I realized how I feel and when I feel these things. Like, I was doing what my therapist was doing for me. Right. And when I called Christine, I said to her, I was like, I'm going through this rough patch. I know it because this, this, and this is happening. Mm. I'm. This is not how it should be. I just need help. She's like, well, you basically just did my job for me. <laughs> right. She was like, but I understand where you're coming from and we'll work work through the rest together. But I just needed that that help to get to right. where I am. But I, I know how to... You know how to go way. through it. Yeah. yeah, because you were taught, basically. That's another thing. They're teaching you, like, life skills life in a skills. sense. Life skills, yeah. How to handle yourself. And it's also really important to like your therapist. That's, like, mm-hmm. my biggest thing. That's the important part. You have to click with this person mm-hmm. because they do become a confidant. And you don't want to be seeing someone you don't like. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of times. And that's why... I remember when I told my mom, Mom, I think I'm going to start therapy. And she was like, well, there's a bunch of options. There's male therapists. There's female therapists. And I knew right off the bat I didn't want a male therapist. Because I knew in my mind it would be like confiding in my father. Not to say I don't like confiding in my father. That's one of the most... That's one of my biggest confidants. But it's I didn't want... Like a lot of times, and this is a stigma too, even, and we're going to get into stigmas. You feel like as a man, you shouldn't be in therapy. Right. And I didn't want, I almost, and maybe this is even wrong to say, but I'm admitting it. I didn't want to be looked down upon by another man. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, No matter how bad that sounds. And so I didn't want a male therapist. So it's just your preference and your choosing and you have to get the right one because if you don't you're never gonna you're gonna sit there in silence exactly you're not and gonna that's the worst say. you're gonna hold things back i found myself in the beginning with my first therapist holding things back which is so not what you should be doing yeah. because that is the person that you need to tell everything to right every detail no matter how bad it makes you look how stupid it makes you look it does not matter i realized after I told a story. I told her a situation of what happened, and she gave me advice. And it wasn't the advice that I was looking for because I didn't tell her the whole story. Right after that, I came back the next week. I was like, "I lied to you. I need to tell you the rest of the that's story." That's so funny because that's happened to me. Because you you do you feel like you're talking to this stranger, and it's like embarrassing to mm-hmm. admit the truth at times. That is so true. That's such a big point. And I also remember when I was about maybe eight years old, my parents made me go to therapy because they were getting divorced and I'm very big on I my parents divorce didn't affect me everybody's different with divorce but nonetheless my mom wanted me to go to therapy and I went to this woman Bridget and I was fucking miserable I was so miserable Bridget would make me sit in her office play with toys and just evaluated my every move everything I did I remember one time I was playing with Barbie dolls and I put Ken and Barbie in the same bed and she was like why'd you do that and I was like what are you talking about they're husband and wife just really like getting into it getting into my personal space I felt attacked so I stopped going to Bridget and in reality that probably should have made 
made me not like therapists, but luckily it didn't. And I say luckily because I think it's, it's really helped me that to go to therapy and talk to people and talk about your feelings. So like you said, it helped you. It also helped me, but the whole thing is telling the truth. Right. Because if you sit there and lie, you're not going to get anything out of it. So you have to be truthful with yourself. What's your other points of mental health? When I, I, last year, I seem to bring up the fact that I go through rough patches. I go through rough patches quite often. Um, I went through a rough patch at the end of the year last year, right around this time. Um, a year ago today, actually, my grandma started to decrease. Right. Um, she, she had pancreatic cancer for four years. So this is when she really started to go downhill. We took her off chemo radiation Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff she was just like living her life right um so this is when she finally started to decline decline and it was very noticeable and i just remember coming home from basketball practice one day and she was just not actually making words and she was trying to and she was having the conversation with you but she was just not able to form words yeah the words weren't coming out i dealt with that and then she passed away on December 8th so it was right in this time Mm -hmm. a week after she passed away my therapist went on maternity leave oh shit (laughs) so she passed away my therapist went on maternity leave she was like you can talk to this person like I'm referring you to to two different people she gave me two people one was a man and one was this really old woman right and I was like I don't want to talk to a man I don't want to talk to somebody who's old. Right. So I'll just hold on until she gets back from maternity leave. Keep it real close inside of me. And then when she gets back from maternity leave in June. Tell her everything. Tell her everything. I'll keep notes, whatever. Then I got COVID at the end of December. Oh my God. (laughs) And I was just like depressed. And I was in this depressed state where I just didn't want to do anything. Like you were there. You knew all, like you watched this all happen. People, so many people said to me, you look pale. You look tired. You look distraught. I was like, this is all really true. Thank you for making (laughs) really good points. So, so if you said your grandmother passed, so she passed after Thanksgiving. She passed after Thanksgiving. So she wasn't here for Christmas, but you guys had COVID. Did you even get to celebrate Christmas? So no, we didn't want to get my grandpa sick. We didn't, my aunt is this big COVID person. Uh So we all stayed home and I felt really bad for my grandpa because he was by himself for Christmas, like without his wife for the first time, like my aunt we're all by ourselves maybe. right and nobody even really got to mourn the loss of your grandmother right. having her not there that first holiday exactly it's almost as if christmas last year didn't even count right because nobody it wasn't actually all of us together for us to be like crap like we miss her right. like this was her holiday like yeah. she loved this holiday so this christmas will really feel like the first this christmas. christmas will literally will probably be so difficult yeah me and Soph, unfortunately have gone through a lot of losses. I, my freshman year of high school, lost what was like a second father to me my freshman year. And then sophomore year, my aunt, who was like a second mother to me, my mom's best friend, passed away. And that was during like crazy COVID times. And that was during Easter. And so I know exactly what Soph is talking about. And just to mourn these people during these holidays and have no one no one there exactly to get it get it out to and it's something i'm we're i'm gonna say we're navigating through therapy yes. i'm assuming so what what have 
did you learn any coping skills to deal with this? So I actually <laughs> had to learn on my on own, your own what these coping skills were, but I really learned to confide in people and I was never very much of an open book until this situation where I learned that well, I can't talk to anybody right now because my mom, it lost her mom. I can't complain because she lost her mom. Right. Like, my brother also lost his grandma. Like, I just couldn't really talk to anybody in my family for comfort. So I would talk to my friends. And then when you talk to your friends and you realize people are giving different responses. Some people care. Some people don't care. Like, right. there are people who come to your house and stay with you and lay in bed with you. And then there are people who shoot you texts that's like you good question yeah. mark? and i'm like no not good <laughs> exclamation point not good exclamation point it's we it's weird dealing with loss and you know especially at this young age mm-hmm. i'll never forget a couple days after my sister's dad died and i was just in the car and it was so exhausting you know that whole process and i was just in the back of the car and i remember looking there's such a vivid memory. I don't want to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not crying. You're not crying. She, I remember I was in the back of the car and I looked up at the sky and I was like, are you there? Where are you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just so, it's so much pain and like suffering. And the most you could do is go to therapy. But you know what the real truth is? That that can only help to some extent. You need to want to continue what they're teaching you out into your actual life instead to of make only the most of yeah it. instead of only doing it when you're there right i didn't even realize how much going to therapy worked until i was out of therapy and having issues and solving them on my own and telling somebody how i was trying to cope with it and they were like that's what a therapist does Sophia. right so i really think for me I think that therapy is something I suggest to anyone and everyone because I think it's a coping... I think it should be a part of someone's everyday life. Like, people go to the gym, like, every day. I think... I'm not saying go to therapy every day. I don't... I'm getting ahead of myself here. You're probably... You're at home and you're like, Paul, slow down. But I'm saying once a week, every other week, it really does help. I say this to my friends with everything. You know, I have friends who are really stressed with school right now. I'm like, you should talk to a therapist. Coping skills. Mm -hmm. Because... Coping skills are how you're going to get through life. And I know if my mom is listening, she's going to say, Polly, you have none. So I don't know why you're talking about this. But I beg to differ. So I think it's all about coping skills. Yeah. And dealing and learning to deal. Because if you don't learn how to deal, you're not going to get through life. I feel like you're not only helping yourself, but you're helping other people that you can possibly encounter in your lifetime that it just makes it yeah. just a worldwide better situation yeah so that so actually therapy is the answer to world peace yeah therapy actually is, that's what we actually, just found everybody needs to go to therapy that's what we just found in this episode so therapy is equals world peace so therapy and now let's get into the holiday aspect of it so we were talking about it a little before but grieving through this do you think you know what a lot of people don't realize and i said this earlier it's the holiday season is the highest suicide rate of the entire year it's crazy it's like it's worse than mental health awareness month it is it's the worst um mental health season of the year and that a lot of things go into that money of not being able to afford gifts for your families and just having no one during this holiday time. So what are what, what would be some tips you would give to people during this holiday season going through it? 
I think it's it's really hard. Um, along with what Paulo said, it's it gets really cold. It gets really dark. Like everything's just very. You you just want to lay in bed and physically and metaphorically. It's just very. Co- it's a very cold time. So you just you need to have things planned. Like I'm a person that if I have things planned, I'm going to go do them. So. This is actually one of my biggest rules of life. So that's so funny you're saying that. Like, plan something. Like, have a reason to go out. Have a reason to get dressed. Have a reason to put yourself together. Put makeup on. Do your hair. Look presentable. Because when you look presentable, you feel presentable. You feel better about yourself. That's one of my biggest things. I can't believe Soph just said that. I am so big on you have to have something to do for yourself every single day. And I talked about this episodes back yeah episodes back i talked about this i have something a goal every day and even if it's as stupid as like go to the post office which i've never done but that's just a very small example (laughs) i could give you do something get out of your house yeah because it it it's just the little things that make your day all that much better even if you're having the worst possible day ever and if you're just in a state of not well (laughs) in a bad state like i could have easily laid in bed today the whole day it's it was cold right it's cold today it was cold (laughs) today i got up i got dressed i went to the doctor and i went and got my hair done get your nails done my nails done i got coffee i got chocolate (laughs) i met with paulo like i'm feeling good i went to walgreens like I just, wow. I feel like I had a very productive day and it makes you feel really good about yourself. And when you lay down, you feel better that of the day that you just had. And when you're out, you're not, you don't have all this time to just sit and think, think. and yes. put yourself in this pit. That's a problem that I have where I would find myself laying in bed and just thinking. Right. And that's not good for me. No. And that's a big thing with not only, you know, depression, anxiety, dealing with loss of relatives. That's just such a big thing, just sitting and thinking and just mm-hmm. spewing all these things in your head. Last last winter when this all happened, I would I was missing basketball practice. I was not do, leaving early, like not right. doing well, laying in bed, literally staring up at my ceiling. I remember literally Chessa coming over and being like, "Okay, like we're just gonna take a drive. You want to take a drive?" Right. I was like, "Yeah, sure." Gets in, my, gets in her car. I'm wrapped in blankets. Like, I'm literally just sitting in her car the exact same I was sitting in Chessa her Chessa is Sophia's best friend. Chessa is literally my best friend in the world. <laughs> She's... Yeah. <laughs> so, I was in the same position that I was in my bed, but I was in her car. She was bumping music like Megan the Stallion. Okay. And we're driving down Main Street, and I just immediately feel better about myself. Right. Because I got up. I did something. I moved. Girls in the Hood really put her in that position really to feel did. better about herself, <laughs> if you're wondering. If you're wondering, go listen to it. Girls in the Hood, and, Megan the Stallion. And <laughs> I, I think another big thing is, I was talking before about the spewing all these things in your head. The biggest thing, especially with loss, is the what-ifs. And that, that goes with loss, but it also goes with everything. It cancels out the what ifs fuck the what ifs because you can't live your life off of what ifs and i think you know that best Mm -hmm. whether it be in relationships or whether it be in losing someone you can't sit there and think about the what ifs we have a really good family friend it was very tragic she she lost her son her son passed away and her husband said to her and this stuck with me i heard this when i was maybe 10 years old and this really stuck with me she just kept saying what if what if of course you know that's what you always do when you lose someone and her husband said you need to stop there is no what ifs this is what happened so and i thought that was 
that was maybe one of the biggest pieces of life advice I could have gotten in that moment. And it totally changed my outlook on things. I don't sit and do what ifs for anything, you know, a test, a relationship, depression. I don't do the what ifs. And I think that is one of my biggest pieces of advice to you guys. I can relate to that heavily because when my grandma was doing the whole jumble of words, not really making sense, I was sitting at the edge of her bed, which was in the TV room because she couldn't go up the stairs. And I'm sitting with her and I'm crying. And I was supposed to go to a Luke Combs concert that day. I remember this. I was supposed to go out to Luke Combs. Luke Combs is one of my favorite country artists. Sitting there and I'm crying. And I look at my mom and I go, I'm not going. Like, what like right. What if something happens while I'm gone? Right. Like, I will never forgive myself. She was like, Madison Square Garden's not far. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, they'll come get you. Right. Like, right. if anything happens, you'll be back. I was like, I'm not going. Like, my grandma starts jumbling words. And I was like, no, no, no Like, I'm staying. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And the only sense she made, no, go. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> okay. Okay, so you actually can't talk when I'm talking. Okay. So, now we're going. Um... She didn't like that I was crying. She didn't Mm -hmm. like that I wasn't going to go have fun. She wanted me to go to the concert. She knew what it meant to me to go to the Mm -hmm. concert. She literally, I'm crying, and she's looking at me, and she's, uh, you guys can't see my face, but I'm looking at Paula telling him the story. (laughs) And she's like, and she's looking at me with these eyes that are just like, you have to go. Like, please stop crying. Like, you're going to be okay. Everything's Mm going to be okay. Grabbing my hand, squeezing it. It was just such like a... A moment that's like, well, if she's not scared, why am I? This episode is heavy, guys. I'm not going to deny. I'm so sorry. It's heavy. I'm (laughs) not going to deny. We're heavy people. Yeah, we're heavy people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No. She's calling me fat. No. (laughs) No. But it's a heavy episode, so sorry, but I I don't even know where to go. I don't even know where to go from here. (laughs) Self was just telling me that. Sorry, I'm on the verge of tears. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I wanted to do this episode because I think it's a reminder you know, I love Chris, and Sophia loves Christmas. I love Christmas. So I think we're actually My we're just made for we were just made for this episode. But we're two people who really love the holidays, and I just wanted to put emphasis on the fact that it's important to think of others during this season. Yeah, because it is a season of you know giving and yada yada. But also think about the people that aren't doing too well and check right. on them. But overall, happy holidays, How happy Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy uh, Merry Christmas kicking off the holidays. Come back next week for a much more uplifting and happy episode. Yes. Thank you for joining me here. Sophia, thank you. Of course. And join me back here next week, you guys, for another episode of Paolo's Podcast.